Welcome to Product by Design with Kyle and Eva, a podcast about product management and product design, where we'll talk about subjects from product strategy to inclusive design. Every episode, we just have a good conversation about all the things that you may already know or not know, and occasionally we'll have a guest from maybe engineering or other product managers and designers to talk about all these topics. Hello. This is Product by Design, a podcast with Kyle and Eva, and welcome to our first episode. We're here talking about, you probably guessed it, product and design, and we wanted to get things started by talking a little bit about uh, what this podcast is going to be about, a little bit about our backgrounds, and uh, just some of the things that are that interest us right now in product, user experience, design, and everything that's going on. And yeah, so welcome. I'm Kyle. I am a uh, product leader and a longtime product manager. And uh, we also have Eva, who is uh, a lead designer. Uh, Eva. Hi, this is Eva. And like Kyle said, I work as a lead product designer um, with Kyle, actually. And yeah. So Eva, um, tell, tell us a little bit about kind of your experience. Um, what, was, what was it that you were doing before you got into uh, product design? And then how did you get into product design? Let's see. Um, how far back do we want to go? <laughs> uh, all the way back. <laughs> all the way back. 1991. <laughs> but <laughs> it all began. But really, it all began back when I started putting stickers on all my drawers and stuff. And I, I know I, I, I mean, really, as a child, I liked art and fine art more. But then, so I went to college for fine art, actually started with painting. It, eventually, I was just like, you know, design sounds a lot better. And um, I actually graduated with a BFA in graphic design. And I think that's how a lot of people get started. And even though nowadays, I feel like you can really come in from all different um, directions or angles into UX or design. Um, it's a lot easier nowadays to do that. But I started with a graphic design background and went into paper product design which is very interesting, not even on a computer. And um, it's in the craft industry, which I was like, this is cute. This is cool. But I, yeah, didn't really uh, relate to to that industry. And then after that, I started as a web designer. And that was kind of the first um, try in, you know, the adjacent field um, in web design. And there's definitely UI UX involved in that. But uh, from there, I then went into product design. Nice. Uh, so, what has been kind of your uh, your your favorite part of product design so far, or some of the favorite moments of your career? I guess like when people get really confused or get really um, worked up about certain part of design, and they come over and have a conversation about it, and then we get to share the different perspective of why um, I make you know, certain decisions. And then it sometimes it's like, oh, the users need this particular thing to do this. Um, and the business, you know, require, requirements might not paint that exact same picture. And then, so when those kind of conversations happen, I feel like we can, you know, then come together and uh, educate others about um, what their users need. So I really love those. What about you? So I guess for, as far as my, some of my favorite moments, 
um, in my product career are, are probably something similar. Um, when people finally have like those aha moments about uh, like, yes, we need product, whether that's product management or product design, like user experience in what we're doing. Uh, and like, whether that's the um, business partners or stakeholders, when they just have like the realization that, wow, uh, you're adding just a ton of value to what we're doing. How do we get more of that? Um, and I've had, I have had a bunch of those over the course of my career. And those feel like they're the most validating moments when people, people actually realize like, wow, um, I, I somewhat understand what you're doing. And, uh, I really, I want more of that. We had that happen, uh, just last week, actually with when, uh, one of the, the groups that we work with, uh, fairly closely at, at our organization, um, came came to me and wanted to to know how do we start hiring uh product managers or how, how do we start hiring a product manager specifically for our group and you know what are some of the things that we need to look for and be thinking about and it was like yes this is so validating <laughs> you you have seen the value and um and just seeing that you know not just at, at our organization but at other organizations just is people see that value that product management, um, product design can bring, and realize that this this is a thing, and they want it, and they want to bring it into uh, their departments or their groups. And I think those are the most validating parts for me. It's the enlightenment that they have been waiting for, and you delivered for exactly. them. <laughs> Yeah, we might be going a little backwards, but can you tell us a little more about your background, how you got into product? And I know you have been in product a lot longer than I have been. So I wanted to yeah, tell so us a little. Yeah, we'll go way, way back. <laughs> um, so I got into product even before I graduated from college. That's when my product experience really started. And I didn't even realize it at the time um, that I was doing essentially doing product management um, in my role uh, in college, where I was working with uh, a lot of our developers um, in putting together software and tools for students on campus, for faculty uh, who are using the computer labs and using the computers all across campus. So I was working with our development team and then also working with our students and employees and faculty in kind of bringing all of those things together. And I, and being kind of in the middle of that was just, I loved it. It was one of the, the coolest jobs <laughs> that I could have imagined. Had no idea what it was or, or that it was essentially kind of a product role. I just knew that kind of being in the middle of this user experience and technology and getting to work with so many smart people and put together um, new software tools and new things was just, it. I loved it. And I would tell people like when I graduate, I don't know what I'm going to do because I don't think I'll ever find a role as cool as what I'm doing right now. And so a um, little did you know, <laughs> right? Did I know, uh, <laughs> that, uh, and I, I don't know how I fell into it, but um, somehow, some way I fell into a, a product manager role at uh, a financial company. Um, so I, I interviewed at a whole bunch of different places and uh, that was the role that I ended up taking and just 
did not realize that it would be very similar to what I was doing. Um, and in some ways it was, in some ways it wasn't, but continued to do product management and had the opportunity to kind of shape that role uh, because it was very new and it was building up a team here in Salt Lake City uh, that didn't exist. And so bringing out a lot of other product managers uh, from New York to Salt Lake and uh, helping to kind of build up an organization out here. And so uh, that was just a super exciting time. And then from there, it's just been product ever since and it's evolved and changed and it's just been uh, something that I've continued to fall in love with and enjoy since since uh, college. And so that's been kind of my experience. Now I'm very intrigued. What were you building in college that <laughs> was basically doing product management? Yeah, so we were doing a whole bunch of uh, really interesting things. So uh, uh, one of the, I'd say probably one of the coolest things was uh, we had, we were over all of the labs, the computer labs on campus. And so uh, we would build the tools for the employees across uh, campus to uh, to kind of manage their schedules, like their shifts, things like that. So they could, um, if they wanted to uh, pick up different hours to work or put up hours, things like that. So that was one of the tools. Um, then also like the faculty, uh, the images on, on all of the computers across campus and uh, just different things like that. So working with the developers and uh, the technicians who were kind of doing all of those things. So that was kind of my role. And again, kind of came into it completely by chance and was just, uh, was really fortunate to have fallen into something so cool. Yeah, they're like, sweet, Kyle's <laughs> running this whole system for us. Great. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Were you a student or were you working for the school? Uh, both. So I was a student employee. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. So it was good. And wow. Yeah. Loved it. But it, you know, did, did you have the title of uh, student product manager? <laughs> <laughs> no, it was. You the, should have. If yeah, you didn't. The, the official title was student assistant manager. So it was close, but not quite. <laughs> Pro product manager really didn't exist at that time. And um, that's one of the things that I think has kind of changed drastically over, you know, the past decade or so is that products just in general, I think product and user experience has really kind of come into its own in that it's something that I don't think was really on anybody's radar or uh, was something that was really looked at prominently, you know, a decade ago, the way it is now, which is um, an exciting thing because, you know, I didn't know what it was back then. And I think that was probably the case with most people is, you know, what is product management? What is the product design and user experience design? Um, and just wasn't something that as many folks were as engaged with or are thinking about and totally to see the change that has kind of happened that not only is it something that is so prominent or at least becoming more and more prominent but that is becoming kind of an ingrained part of technology and i still think it has a long ways to go as we've kind of seen you know a lot of companies building technology have kind of adopted it but there's still just a ton of companies that are in the process of adopting it. Like, like our company, for example, yes. you know, product, is, <laughs> even I work uh, for, for a company that product is a, is a very, very new thing. You know, our product organization is 
officially probably about six months old. And so it's a very new fetus state. Yeah, exactly. Yep. Um, and then, you know, I think that's the case for a lot of companies. So uh, building up this, this kind of new way of thinking and way of doing things is, you know, it's been around for a while and is becoming more prominent, but still has a long way to go. And so that's, it's an exciting thing, but you know, there's still a lot of ground to cover. So that's been interesting. Uh, what, what have totally. you kind of seen as far as on the design side, um, some of the changes that have been happening? Before I give you my serious response, I just want to point out that people are listening right now. If anyone is listening, <laughs> they probably are looking on LinkedIn or wherever to try to figure out how old you are and <laughs> what year we're talking about. <laughs> um, I, I'm very, very old. Just kidding. But um, yeah, so I, um, I have been in design. I, I guess I graduated in 2013. Um, I think would it no, I did not graduate in 2013. <laughs> 2016 is when I graduated. I think. What year is this? Uh 2020. I think. Yeah, 2016 is when I graduated. So um it's kind of interesting that there's so many things that you talked uh, that you just talked about that I want to respond to. Um, but UX design is still kind of a fairly new term. And when I was in school, we didn't really know what UX really means and it started started popping up kind of um, a few years back on my radar I feel like and then um, because when I graduated I feel like what no I did graduate 2013 I'm sorry like <laughs> scratch this I'm pretty sure it was 2013 um, and the big thing that uh, what was was happening in design was everyone was going into branding. Branding was like the big thing, right? And everyone wants to be designing logos, redesigning, you know, um, whatever new hot brands that they, they can get their hands on. And um, it was still kind of like half digital, you know, half paper, you know, just still a bunch of logo stuff. And um, fast forward to now, everyone wants to go into product. Everyone wants to go into UI, UX. And and you kind of started talking about how our company right now is trying to uh, uh, move from, you know, engineering driven to more product management driven direction, which I, I think it's a must do. Um, and I, I know we're not alone. Uh, a lot of companies are also trying to move into the same direction. And um, the interesting thing that I learned last week when I was at Convey UX um, um, in not last week, two weeks ago. I have trouble with time, apparently. <laughs> so um, one thing, uh, I am so sorry, I cannot remember the speaker, but someone pointed out that um, uh, a lot of startups are very successful very quickly is because they hire a lot of uh, design-minded um, individuals, even though their role is not directly um, in, like it, doing activity in the design uh, realm. Like, you can hire, you know, a design minded product owners nowadays a lot easier versus like 10, 20 years ago. And that is something that I think people are taking more seriously of what the users actually want. And I think there are a lot more products that are directly consumer facing versus, you know, we're not just building product for another, you know, uh, enterprise or, you know, B2B type of products. So I think the users definitely come into everyone's mind a lot more, which is very interesting. Yeah, definitely. And 
you can kind of see it. It's interesting as you as you see kind of like the number of conferences and workshops and things just continuing to expand um, as kind of a way of gauging just how how much the craft is uh, expanding and uh, taking off. And hopefully, you know, that will just continue to be a way to gauge uh, how companies are, are continuing to pick up the idea that you really have to take user experience and product very seriously if you want to succeed. And I think it's something that we take for granted, really, if you're in product and UX, that it's just a given. And it's easy to kind of take that mindset that, yes, this is a given. And uh, we just, you know, we're going to take yeah. these things very seriously. But, you know, when you step outside of our world a little bit, um, you know, that's just not the mindset that everybody has. And so, uh, you know, we have to continue to help drive that forward and push uh, everybody forward in having that mindset of the, you know, what's the user experience like? What is the the overall product experience like? And, and how do we help everybody not just look at, you know, kind of things in isolation or, um, you know, we're going to do this totally. project and, and be done, but what is what does this holistic thing look like? And how are we going to make this sustainable and usable and the right experience and the right business value to make this the right thing to do strategically. Um, and it's a, it's a shift and it's a big shift for a lot of companies and organizations in a way that, uh, I think we can take for granted easily if we've been doing this for a long time. Totally. And to your point of, uh, not working on something in isolation too, is that's why I really like my job too, is because I don't have to have all the answers. And most of the time I, you know, when we do testing user research and all these tools that we have and methods that we have is to find the answers from our users, not so much like shut the door and let's, you know, crank out something that we think is the perfect answer. And I think that's a mentality that we're still trying to uh, educate others is that, yeah, we might not know the answer now. And we, we, that's why we need to test. We need to ask. And, um, it sounds very much like, Oh, what, what then, what do I pay you for? But it, that's exactly what you're paying for is that I can, you know, help you to find, find the answer and, and help you to get actual qualitative and quantitative data to make sure we're building towards, you know, uh, uh, an actual problem, not a problem that we, you know, think the users are having. And so, yeah. And another point I want to bring up also is that, and the term design, I think it also now means very different things than what, you know, it used to mean. And it's not so much just visuals anymore. Um, like I said, 10 years ago, when we talked about design, people immediately think about like, oh, you're designing, you know, drawing and doing a lot of graphics and stuff. And branding, uh, lettering, all these, you know, visual stuff. But now everyone on the product team is in a way a designer that you are putting a part of your, you know, solution into the product that will uh, end up crafting that experience for your user. And me as a designer, I'm not even doing a lot of, you know, strictly visual stuff anymore. And I think that's also a very interesting change in how, you know, we understand the word design. Um, yeah. And I tell, you know, engineers all the time too, is that I am, you know, design is in my title, but you are actually designing a lot of how these behind the scenes moving pieces, how they function. And even the architecture, you design the architecture that drives, you know, the, the actual product too. So. Yeah. I think that's a great point. 
and how that just design in general, that term has kind of changed and, and product in general, like those terms and definitions have just taken on so much more significant meaning than they have in the past. Um, so for you, I guess, how would you kind of define a product design, user experience design at this point? How would I define it? So I th- immediately what came to my mind is actually what you said uh, to me one time, Kyle, <laughs> and I'm going to use your answer to answer your question. <laughs> but um, what, what came to mind was one time you said that it doesn't matter how we um built this product doesn't matter how we uh, come up with a solution, there will be an experience that come out of it. So it doesn't matter how much effort, how much, you know, resources we, we want to dedicate into it. There is that uh, user experience. And I think like if we were talking, talking about specific to my role as a product designer, um, how I see product design is to really making sure we are crafting this experience, targeting what the users need. Um, I, I hope that is what you're looking for. So yeah, that is how I see it. And I'm curious too, like how do you define product management or product design? If you have any thoughts on that? Well, I think you've got it pretty much nailed down for like what product design is. And, and I think that really goes to the whole, kind of whole point of product management as well is uh, what is the holistic experience that we're creating? And then how do we create the right experience and the right product that delivers value for the user and for the business? And I think that's kind of what the role of a product manager, a product designer, and really a product team is, is ensuring that we're creating the right thing and uh, doing it in the right way so that we're delivering the value that we kind of talk about. Because like you said, you know, one way or another, we're creating those experiences and uh, we're either going to create bad ones or we're, gonna, we're going to create good ones. And so ensuring that we're doing the right things is just such a huge part of uh, what the roles entail. And then ensuring that we're ultimately delivering that value. Uh, you know, one thing that I used as an example uh, just a couple of days ago, I think a couple of days ago, feels like time is just, <laughs> what, is, what is time anymore? Um, anybody listening to this in the future, we're, we're a few days into the- we're In an apocalypse, Yeah, the, the quarantine apocalypse where time just feels like it's all relative at this point and um, we don't know what days are, or what years are. <laughs> One year. Yeah. <laughs> and that's, that's about what it feels like anymore. It's like, it just- it could be a Friday. It could be 2020. It could be 2015. I, there's just no way to tell anymore. Um, but I can confirm that I did graduate in 2013. I just did some yeah, calculation in my head. <laughs> we've, we've done the research now. We can confirm that. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Nice. Uh, um, excellent. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> Uh, so an example that I used uh, just a few days ago um, was, you know, we we had been looking at uh, creating uh, a product specifically to fill kind of a need for uh, one of the groups that we work with. And, you know, one of our product managers had done some research on that um, and had gone in pretty extensively, you know, going through the benefits, doing the analysis, doing all of the work that you'd kind of expect from a product manager. Um, and then at the end of it, uh, we came to the conclusion that ultimately this just wasn't the right thing to build. And mm. 
that's kind of exactly what you would hope for and expect from from product management from a uh, doing those things up front is that you know we we understand what are the right things and and what are to do and what are the things that we want to avoid so that we don't get ourselves into uh, going down the path of building the wrong things um you know do some of the the experimenting up front and the analysis up front to decide is there real value here and that's you know that's what we came to the conclusion is that there's just not enough value to justify mm. what we what the potential would be and so um you know every what we had been really excited about initially as a potential real winner uh, you know we came to the conclusion that now uh, this just it's not going to work out and so we ended up killing it which you know we often feel bad about but those are the kinds of things that are like we should be feeling really good about because you know we've gone through and we've saved ourselves just a significant amount of time and effort and resources in not pursuing the wrong things and and being able to pursue the right things and so um you know that's just a huge part of what i i feel like product management and product design is right and and not my team right you didn't cut the team that i'm working on right no, no. <laughs> hopefully not <laughs> i'll find out after uh the recording but um no different area <laughs> good <laughs> but um i want to add to what you're saying about uh basically our delivery is we need to mean something to the business right and um the one thing to bring it back to design again um is that a lot of people still think that product design or even ux in general the mission is you know to make sure you, your users feel good and you know be happy and i i always want to remind people like no we don't just stop there and users liking their product if it's a consumer facing product then people will you know stay uh, in the subscription, you know, that generate uh, revenue, right? That means something to the business. It's not just about feeling good and we stop there. No, it, it, it's not just that. And and I think this kind of dives into um, one of our questions is that what is a challenging moment in your career is I want to say, sometimes we know we're doing the right thing, but then it's... Um, challenging to kind of translate that to the business and say, okay, uh, right now we have finished this one solution and we have made sure that we deliver it back to the user. But what does that mean to the business? It uh, sometimes takes more brain power to figure out <laughs> how do how do I translate my contribution back in metrics that, you know, I can hand back to, to my boss or to the rest of the business and say, this is why you need product design. And um, one example I can think of is uh, when I was on on the team that worked on the internal product for our um, sales agent is that any seconds that we can save, um, any efficiency uh, we can deliver in the product is time that will, you know, literally save that at the end of the day, they can get on another call faster, whatever, you know, that looks like, but uh, keeping track of that metrics sometimes it's um a big ticket item that i have to make sure i you know get that done so then at the end of the day we can say okay the product design team can deliver uh this uh impact for the business and so that we can get more resources to you know and invest it back in the product design team and i think not just product design team i i think as uh, product team as a whole, we are all trying to show the business that, yeah, we're, we're very helpful. We can deliver, you know, uh, 
dollar amount back into the business. Um, do you agree with that? Yeah, definitely. And that's, I think that's such a huge part of being able to show what the value is. Uh, you know, there's kind of a, a quantifiable part of it is how do we quantify, you know, some of the things that we're able to deliver and show that value. And then also, um, you know, what's the the unquantifiable part and how do we mm-hmm. kind of craft the narrative around that so that, um, you know, people can understand that uh, there's parts as well that we may not be able to put necessarily numbers or metrics around, but there's significant value there as well. And be able to tell the story with both the data as well as the narrative. And so uh, it's such an important part of of helping everybody understand what it is we're doing. I, and I think that goes beyond just you know product teams in general, but uh, goes all the way to the products as well. You know, right. how, how do we show the value of these things? that we're doing both with, you know, the metrics and numbers and also with the story. Now I just keep thinking about how, um, the, <laughs> the, how, how did this all happen that somebody decided to have Siri to tell you, Oh, you're good looking today or to, to be able to tell a joke. And those, those are delightful features that I don't think a lot of, you know, business would say, Oh, Today, we're going to have a discovery meeting, you know, that will deliver $1 million per, you know, year in revenue uh, by Siri telling a joke. But um, I I do (laughs) think there's a lot to say about helping the user to fall in love with your product and turning that into less, you know, not just, okay, now you can uh, schedule an event on your calendar. That's the end of it. You know, Um, I, I think there's a lot to say about those delightful features that we can also put in the product too that seems intangible in, in the grand scheme of, you know, capturing metrics to improve the business. But, um, and I, I know that on our team, we try to do those things, but um, what, what, what are your thoughts on those delightful moments for the users? Um, just how, how we can convince the, convince the business to invest in those? Oh man, that's a great question. It's a level 100 question, I feel like. Yeah. <laughs> I think that they're uh, they're really important for one. And how do we you know start to separate and prioritize some of those? And, th- and that's that becomes like a really difficult question. And probably, you know, my answer would be, you know, it's gonna depend. Um, so classic product answer is it depends. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and you know, in one I, I think back to some of the products that um, I've had the chance to work on in the past and, um, you know, those, we, you know, we've kind of been looking at those in a variety of different ways. And, and, um, there was one, um, I'm thinking back uh, a few years ago to a product that we were working on, uh, for a university and, you know, creating an online assessment experience. So not something that is like particularly enjoyable, but how do you make it? better for everybody involved. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, there are certain things that are kind of functional level. So you have to have right. them there for students and, and faculty so that everybody can, um, do their, what they need to, but then also how do we just make this more enjoyable? And there's different levels of that where, you know, there's certain things that you can do that, um, don't require either a ton of effort and you're able to, uh, get them in, with other things that are going on. And then there's certain things that um, you kind of look at as, you know, we are, we're working on, you know, kind of these 
levels of functionality, but mm -hmm. this, these other things would also just bring so much benefit based on the, the conversations that we're having, um, the things that we're doing. And then as you kind of start to socialize that and uh, get feedback kind of as a product manager, you're able to um, understand where some of those things would fall and the benefit that you'd feel like you'd be able to get. And I, a lot of times I don't feel like you're able to necessarily quantify that in a specific way other than, um, you know, kind of just based on all the knowledge that you're able to gather. And so, um, and that's kind of mm -hmm. part of, I'd say more of the art of what you're doing than necessarily the science is being able to make some of those decisions around, you know, here is things that we think will really add value to the overall experience. Right. Um, and that's why I think it's so important to have uh, autonomous um, teams that are able to make those types of decisions and um, create the products and the experiences that uh, they feel like are the best for their users. Because if it's completely dictated um, from people just who aren't as close to the product and as close to the users, then you don't have the ability to kind of make those decisions. And, and I think products that are like that tend to suffer because uh, teams and product managers and product designers who are able to do that are able to take those types of chances and gather the information and make those decisions are able to just make better decisions because they are on the front lines. They're talking to users, they're gathering the data, and then they're able to, to take those types of chances and I think just improve the experience. And so I think part of it is being able to do that um, and then uh, be able to make those types of decisions mm -hmm. without necessarily having to um, justify it in a way that they have to convince everybody that it's the right thing to do before they go out and do it. I think there needs to be a level of autonomy that they're able to to make those types of decisions and do those types of experiments um, and then prove out that it is either the right thing or they need to move in some sort of other direction rather than going fully into some of it. So um, I, I think that's kind of one of the ways yeah. to start to prove those things out. Yeah. And going back to the beginning of what you said that it depends being a very product management like answer. And I actually really love that because that is the, from my perspective, right? Looking at uh, you guys, where we work together. And I think that is the best part about working with a product manager, product owner is that uh, you guys are able to kind of take in all these factors and kind of balance them all and, and find the most optimal solution, depending on, you know, all these factors. And, and I think that <laughs> sounds like a non-answer, but I, I do think that is the crux of what, you know, product management uh, can do is just to find the most uh, optimal solution with all these factors. And with I, right after I asked you that question too, I was like, yeah, how would I answer that? And I really like everything you have said. And from my perspective too, I'm like you said, you know, the art of this versus the science of product. And um, at the end of the day, I would love to think that the product that I'm working on, even if there's another product that can deliver the same thing, I want my user to say, you know what, but the product A is, you know, product A is more fun to use, even though it can do, you know, product B can do the exact same thing. And these are maybe going back 
the intangible feelings of people liking something, and it's the feel good a little bit of that intangible feelings that you want. Um, you want Siri to tell you that you're good looking, and you want Siri to be able, be able to tell you a joke. And again, those are not the middle of what you're asking for as a user. But then those surround surrounding pieces are kind of the more human parts that you can, you know. Um, <laughs> now we're talking about like robots being humans, but um, but you know what I mean. It's it's the intangible like feel good elements that we sprinkled in, so it's not um, just a car that can take you point A to B, but it's a Tesla. Like I have never seen anyone that would brag about their cars so much. I, I guess people that drive Subaru they do, and <laughs> I I have an Elantra. You have a Hyundai too, so. Yeah people go into our car we don't go oh my goodness look at look at what this car can do it's it's a car right yeah. but then um our our friend in the office scott has a tesla every time it's like oh what what is a tesla and he can go off you know nonstop about why why tesla is so great and why you you really need to try this push this button do this other things you know it's a whole long list of stuff that you want your user to be able to you know, advocate for your product to another potential user, which is kind of magical in a way. And there are so many examples that I can think of too. And I know everyone knows about the Honeywell uh, thermostat and then Nest came in and took the whole market. And, you know, it's all, all these examples that we can look at and see. But then I think coming back to uh, really reality, when we go back to our desk and the one way that I really think we can make these things happen uh, these intangible, uh, delightful little things to happen is really make sure we gather a lot of like uh, big wins, like to generate revenue. Make sure we do, you know, the big part of our job right, and then I can say, oh, what about we add this little piece and add that little piece. And I think getting that trust from the business is is very important to to you know fight for your user and help build a product that your user will love and. Yeah, it all sounds very idealistic until, you know, it's like, oh, we have this one conversation and then we feel kind of defeated. <laughs> and then we go into the next meeting and be like, oh, then we fight again. And that's also actually really part of what we uh, do. And I love that process is that we get to have these continuous conversation, try to basically it's a negotiation, I feel like to say, OK, we'll do this. But what about this other thing? And, you know, um, so yeah, I feel like I've I, I have very vivid memories of these meetings happening, and I don't want to tell you exactly what happened, but that that's kind of the the happenings. <laughs> so yeah. Yep. Yep. Um, let me ask you two questions to um, to kind of wrap up here about um, what you think are um, some of the the areas that you're kind of most excited about. Uh, to kind of be talking about over the course of, you know, upcoming podcast episodes. And then as a follow-up, um, what do you hope that, you know, folks will be, who are listening will be getting out of, you know, some of the discussions that we'll be having? All right. So I have answers for your first question. I actually uh, had the answer yesterday and I didn't want to tell you because I was like, oh, I'm going to talk about it when we record. Um, we kind of started talking about, you know, accessibility and inclusive design a little bit. So that's one topic um, that I'm very into right now. And I think coming back from uh, 
my conference and also day-to-day using, you know, product and thinking about how other users will have, you know, how, how their experience looks uh, compared to mine kind of um, drives me to that direction. And yesterday, something really interesting happened is that um, I, I was on this website trying to look for bridesmaid dresses, <laughs> planning a wedding. Yay. It's very weird to do wedding planning in the middle of an epidemic yeah. and after an earthquake. It's crazy. It feels very unnatural, but still go to planet. And so this website offers, you know, a bunch of different options. And I, as I'm browsing on us and I saw this pop up and it asks me like, do I need any accessibility, accessibility help? And I was very intrigued. I was like, what is this about? And it's just like on the top left corner, there's a little pop-up and I clicked into it and I saw this full panel of options that I can choose and it's increasing font size and, and all these little things that we have, you know, talked about the other day about how do people without vision can, you know, how do they take in these information from the page or people who are, you know, uh, impaired in different ways how how do they consume these uh information right so yeah we, we'll definitely talk a lot about those um because this is such a big topic and there's so many degrees of uh accessibility that we can talk about and it's not just going uh, uh up and down it's also left and right like there's so many so many ways to cut this cake i feel like and um, so yeah, I, I get, I'm getting really worked up about this now, but I'll, I'll leave my excitement for, for next time when we talk about this. And actually, before I answer your question, I want to hear what you're excited about. What kind of topics, hot topics for product management? Yeah. Oh my goodness. There's so many topics, um, that I'm excited about and in typical product manager fashion, I guess we just love talking about <laughs> stuff and talking about everything. Um, I guess one thing that has been kind of top of mind, well, a couple of things top of mind for me. One is uh, using data just better, more efficiently uh-huh. across everything that, that we're doing. How do we do that better and how do we do it right? Mm-hmm. So, you know, there's uh, the idea of kind of product ops is uh, becoming more and more prevalent. So how do we kind of incorporate that either in an actual role or just more across what we're doing as product teams? And then how do we ensure that we're also not getting caught in the trap of overuse of data, um, which... Interesting. Yeah, I I feel like can be... um, It's kind of the opposite side of it too. So like, what's the right balance of... Uh, getting the right amount of data into what we're doing, but then also getting the right data in into what we're doing and into our decision-making process. Um, so that's one area. Uh, like you touched on the idea of accessibility um, and inclusivity. How do we ensure that the, the products and experiences that we're doing are uh, right for everyone and that we're taking that into account. I think it's very easy to overlook um, different groups. And so ensuring that we're not doing that as we're creating our products and experiences. And I'm excited. I feel like that's going to be at least one episode, if not more. So we'll be- Yes. Yeah. Hours. Yes. (laughs) Well, it'll be one episode cut into like multiple parts or segments. That'll be a great one. Um, And then- uh, product, what I call product thinking or, or the 
or product mindset? Like how do we really just take into account the holistic mindset of product and get out of the, um, the thinking in terms of um, silos and in terms of kind of discrete projects and get into thinking about holistic products and holistic experiences and, and long-lived uh, products, essentially. And mm-hmm. So that's a, a huge thing for me that um, I think about all the time I've, I've written about. And so that's, I think, going to be a big topic that I'm excited to talk more about. I, I feel like we just kind of went through like the next like 30 episodes <laughs> we can talk about. And I also want to point out the, the two words that you said, um, accessibility and inclusivity. Wait, in, yeah. what did you say? Yeah. It's funny that those two words are very, very inconvenient to say. <laughs> They're very, not not a good experience for <laughs> for people that don't use those words. And it, yeah, accessibility is fine, but inclusivity? Yeah. Yeah. No, I am point. a ESL. So it's kind of funny. It just how the, those words become the word that we use to describe helping other people to get, you know, <laughs> get data easily, you know, get information easily. But <laughs> um, I'm sure I will use this joke again when we record that episode. But <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> please remind me. <laughs> yeah. Something to look forward to. <laughs> yes. All right. Cool. And what do you hope that people get out of some of the next? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Oh yeah, I, I I people have told me I'm really good at uh this what is that reflection when I distract you and I don't have to answer a question. I feel like I in- unintentionally just did that, but I definitely hope that we can help people to kind of bring these uh, uh bring these ideas back to their desks and also uh understand how to better talk about these things because it's very easy for us to learn new ideas and learn new, you know, textbook answers of what you should be doing. But then in the real world, I think, like I mentioned before, it's very challenging to want to do all the things that I want to do, but then having to convince the business, having to convince, you know, people that don't, the people that don't practice in the same field, what you do is important and why they're important is, is something that I have to learn. And, and I feel like I've gotten to a point where I'm at least like fairly confident in talking about, you know, why we need product design and why this matters to, to other, you know, other uh, people that we work with, like account management or, you know, engineering. And um, so, yeah, I, I hope that we can help uh, listeners to get a little, <laughs> at least comfort knowing that, oh, it is not supposed to be easy. And I mean, that's why we're getting paid to do this. And also um, how you can talk about it, you know, how we can talk about these big ideas and um, yeah, just a way to, to apply. So that's kind of my hope. And I also hope that we can, I don't know, I want to learn better how to talk about it as I, you know, talk about these topics with you. Nice. What about you? I, I don't think I could add any more to that. So I think that's exactly what I hope as well. Oh, so you just copy and paste it. Yeah. My answer. Co- <laughs> copy paste. That's perfect. Yeah. And um, oh man, this reminds me. I, I always go into tension and now I want to bring up the inventor of copy and paste passed away like last month. R.I.P. Larry, what was his name? Uh, what was his name? We should know it. I feel like I should know. <laughs> On all of our memories, because the amount of time... Big feature. Yes. ...saved us 
is human product productivity. Yeah. Um, yeah. Now we have to look. Are you looking it up? Yeah. Larry Tesler. So th- this episode is dedicated to Larry Tesler. <laughs> <laughs> Larry, we love you. We don't know you, but thank you. Inventor of copy and paste computer functions. <laughs> I like this. I, I feel like maybe every time we can bring up one person, one big feature that we love. Yes, there we go. All Today right. is Larry. Larry. Yeah, perfect. All right. This is, I guess that's a new thing. So we'll see. We'll see what the next episode is. <laughs> Who it's dedicated to in the inventor. Do they have? Yeah. They, they don't have to be uh, in the ground, right? Like no, anyone. No, just no. Yeah. Well, no, not necessarily. Okay. The list just got a lot longer. Yeah. Great. Okay. Sweet. All right. Well, this has been fun. This has been fun. So thanks everybody for, I guess, joining us on our first episode. And I guess that's it. And we'll, we'll talk more next time. <laughs> Sweet. Thank you. Sweet. <laughs> Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to subscribe on your favorite podcast app. You can find out more about us and our podcast on our website at productbydesign.co. You can also follow us on Twitter at prodbydesign. That's at prod underscore by underscore design. You can follow me on Twitter at Kyle Larry Evans. And you can also find Eva on Twitter at Yan Chow Chow. See you next time.